Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrantz and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to tonight's Dash Radio show. I am Dawn Wright to Bronze. I have Peter Mingles here. Peter is here. Peter's here, and we have our fabulous, fabulous friend who teaches us all how to stretch ourselves, Mr. Ron Broussard. How are you, Ron? I am doing fine. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm awesome. Awesome. The weather is fabulous. It is absolutely gorgeous. I'm even outside doing the show. So, so I'm happy, happy, happy. Woohoo! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we were just before the show talking about pollen. And, um, you know, i got to say, I, I'm in Arkansas, and I am having some really exquisite weather right now. But, like, last week, it was literally the pollen was going by in the air. I couldn't see Right, like you, it, there was nothing is in high def over here right now. So, um, I don't know for everybody yeah. else, but I'm 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 glad I don't have really bad allergies right about now. <laughs> yeah, the pollen got pretty thick here in Atlanta. I could actually see it, and then um, mm-hmm. I said, let me just stay indoors because it gets in your eyes and it just gets bad. It just gets bad. I don't have allergies, but my eyes do turn red. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so Tell us, what are we here to talk about tonight, Ron? I know you we got something are, up your sleeve. I've got something up my sleeve. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to talk about, but, I mean, generally it's usually about relationships. Of course, you know, I, I really love relationships. I, I, I've uh, dedicated my life to learning more about relationships and how we can benefit others by creating effective relationships. So tonight we're going to talk about how to create relationships with a chosen attitude. Sounds like it's a good subject because it's something good we can discuss tonight. Okay, with what kind of an attitude? With a chosen attitude. A chosen attitude. Very nice. I I like like relationships by design. (laughs) That is correct. Cool. Very cool. You know, when when you're talking about creating relationships with a chosen attitude, you first have to start with the, the simple part that whatever you think about. Whatever your thought is, thoughts create things. You have to understand that. So uh, we're just going to go straight from the basics that thought creates things. So if you have the thought or you have the attitude or the wrong attitude of thinking that you can't create great relationships or you're bad at maintaining relationships, and these are the thoughts that you have within your mind, of course, these thoughts are going to manifest those things. And then oftentimes, when you're in that position, usually your relationship IQ, and this is something new that I came up with, um, I just create things as I go along. you got to understand that, guys. <laughs> no, but, you know, uh, you have a relationship IQ, and, and your relationship IQ mainly is just speaking about the relationship that you have with yourself. How well do you know yourself? And then more importantly, how well do you know how you interact in the relationships that you have in business and in life? Because you have to understand, relationships that you have with yourself, it translates in every aspect of your life, within your business, within your personal and your career. 
So if you understand your relationship like you, how do you go into a relationship? How do you treat that person in a relationship? Then your relationship will be able to grow and you'll be able to create some effective relationships. On the other side of that coin, if you don't know your relationship IQ and you keep having those same people come back into your life or you keep having those same situations come into your life, I know, Don, Peter, I know you guys heard somebody say, man, you know, I keep meeting the same guys or I keep meeting the same girl. I keep running into those same situations. And the reason they get into those same situations is, is because I always like to say this. Who is the single most common denominator in any relationship? And that is you. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand that and you learn by knowing yourself and understanding and raising your relationship IQ, you'll be able to attract some great relationships in your life. Good stuff. Peter. So, Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I am taking notes because my wife would love for me to take notes at this time. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to share with you on. I've learned a long time ago in my relationship with my wife that if you you can't say anything wrong if you don't say anything at all. So <laughs> that is true. So she introduces true. she introduces me as being the quiet one. And I'm like, no, you just don't understand. Around you, I'm quiet because I don't know what I'm supposed to say. So, so actually, you know, it's not it's not the the silent the wiz, the wise man, you know, says half of what he says half of what he hears. But uh, this is just your way of being wise by not getting into trouble and keeping your mouth shut. That's right. I'm the quiet one. She introduces. Yes. Yes. So, so yes. Yeah, so okay. Whole, so so I'm taking notes because. She, <laughs> You know, I think it's really important, you know, having a relationship IQ, people don't realize when they're really lousy at relationships, and I think it's pretty smart. Uh, this is some really good stuff, you know. I I have found that in network marketing, being in network marketing my whole life, really, in my whole adult life, um, I have a really, really strong relationship IQ. I'm very good with people, and I love people, and they love me back most of the time, and so... I, and that's not ego. That's just my knowledge of, of the relationships that I have. I have lifelong relationships because I'm, I really work hard to be very good to the people in my life. And um, just recently I, I have a brand-new relationship, a new work relationship, and and uh, he sat. He came in to meet my family who was my team, Ron. And it was funny. He said, you know, I want to just give a moment of recognition to this woman and how she feels about all of you because I have never sat with somebody in a negotiation on salary and had them reverse engineer, well, I have to buy a tire for my son's girlfriend and I have to this and I have to that. And she sat for 20 minutes thinking of all the people she has to take care of and then she gave me her number financially. <laughs> and I said, wow. nobody else has ever done that before. <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's me. I take care of my people. (laughs) So I never never realized how exactly committed to all of the people in my life I was until that very moment. It kind of made it really stand out to me. (laughs) And, and Don, I I noticed one thing that you said. And the one thing that you said was, you know, I I take you take pride in the relationship that you had. And it wasn't what I heard. It's how you said it. And I felt the confidence that you had about 
how you the way you approach a relationship, how you go into a relationship. And mm-hmm. and creating relationships are just like that. It's just having that chosen attitude of how what you want to bring into the relationship and then the actual visualization of what type of relationship that you want to have in your life. And that relationship is a reflection of how you want to be treated in mm-hmm. a relationship. And and the reason why I say a relationship IQ is mainly this. If your relationship IQ doesn't grow, you'll never grow to the level of the relationship that you want to have in your life. Now, let's say, just for talk and discussion, you do get into a great relationship in business, and you, you land a great client, or you do get in a great personal relationship, and you have a great relationship with a, a guy, male, female, significant other, or that nature. Um, you will self-sabotage that relationship based on your relationship IQ that you have and the knowledge that you have of yourself. And I can give a, a perfect example. There was a lady that I was talking to recently that she sabotaged her relationship based on how she felt that she should approach every relationship and how the way she should treat people and not the way she felt that a person should be treated. It was the way she felt that someone should be treated. And the way mm-hmm. she thought that a person should have been treated was totally different. Her mindset and what she thought they liked was something totally different, and she sabotaged that relationship. And the bad part about it is she didn't even know that she was doing that. Right. She didn't even know that she was doing that. So one of the things that you need to do is just to find out what do you contribute to a relationship. What type of relationship, what type of things do you contribute to a relationship to bring value into that relationship, that's going to bring meaning and purpose to those relationships to enhance them and make them more effective. So the one thing that truly matters with that is basically your intention. What are you bringing to the relationship? Man, I got a great quote from one of these life coaches I was talking to. His name is Nick Dillon. He's a belief coach out there in Milwaukee. And one of the things he said was his grandmother told him that you can't, have a $2 attitude, and I can't even repeat, he said you can't have a $2 attitude, a $5 mindset, and expect to have a $150 relationship. You can't have it. Mm-mm. So the value that you bring has to be equal or greater than the value that you want to receive in a relationship. <laughs> That's the truth. Absolutely, and um, I think that it's super important that, you know, if people want to attract a better and more substantial and more loving or more um, committed relationship in their life, that they have to be all of those things, you know. It's that be, do, have, you know. We have to be what we're looking for in order to have what we want. So one of the first things, let me go just go to the basics. One of the first things is know yourself, and that is knowing yourself. And to know yourself, I'll put it out there again. There's a website you can go to. It's called um, yourcvi.com. I know I've said it before. It's yourcharlievictorindia.com. And um, it's a core values assessment website. And this website's amazing. And this is not a shameless plug. I don't get anything from it. Uh, this is, I know the owner of the company that runs this, a great friend of mine. And... Um, the core values assessment basically tells you who you are, what your true values are as a person, and what you believe in. Very important because this is something that never 
never changes. This is part of who you are, meaning that if you're in a business relationship, there's going to be some things that's going to go across against your core value that you're not going to really agree with. There's going to be some things in a personal relationship that's going to do something that's not you're not going to agree with it. And that resonates from your core values. And when you understand what your core values are and how they affect your life, and more importantly, how you make decisions based on those core values that make you happy, you can be able to engage and have some truly effective relationships. So that's one of the first things, is to go out there to yourcdi.com and find out how you can learn about your own core values. Now, if you don't understand it, and you're saying, man, this thing looks like it's Chinese math, I welcome you to email me at ron at stretchyourself.org, and you're more than happy to sit down with me and and I'll sit there and call you and we'll discuss and go over your core values. But these are the things that it has to happen for you. These core values assessments are really clear and concise and it's a picture of what you truly value in a relationship. Absolutely. Okay, we will be right back after this break with Ron Broussard here at The Dash. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, Click follow at the top of our show. Then hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to the dash. We have Ron Broussard and we are talking about a relationship IQ. So carry on, kind sir. Our pens are in hand. Okay. So, <laughs> again, we're back to talking about yourcvi.com. And yourcvi.com, again, it's a core values assessment. I highly recommend everyone. I mean, um, Peter, I know you were talking about you taking notes. Man, get your wife to take it. Man, it's, a, it, it, it's an eye-opener. I had my wife take it, and it made me understand, okay, now I understand why you do what you do. It's really an eye-opener, and you, you know your wife, your husband, or your significant other, but you truly know their core values, and that makes you have a more tighter bond in that relationship. And so there's three things that this core values assessment does for you. First of all, it makes you realize. It makes you realize and understand why things have happened or haven't happened or changed in any type of relationship up to that point because up until that point, you didn't know your core values. You didn't know what was going on within your life. 
You didn't know how things were going. Basically, you was just being reactive in your life, in, in the relationships in your life. When you take that core values assessment, it allows you to be proactive in your life and say, okay, now I understand why and if those situations do arise, you can adjust or be patient or whatever you need to do in that situation in order to wait it out and to be more effective in that relationship. The second thing is a transformation. And the transformation is understanding how you seek and approach every situation from a relation standpoint of just being and getting that value in that relationship. A, a great thing is that I learned from uh, the core values assessment is I learned and learned that I needed to listen a lot more than I normally do. Now, and I, I give you an example. So, you know, usually in communication, uh, research says that we only listen to 50% of what people are saying. So if this is our radio station, you're probably only listening to about 30% of it. <laughs> and, and out of that, if that person is emotionally tied to you. So if I'm talking to my wife and she's saying something that I don't like, then that 50% actually goes down to 10% because you're emotionally attached to them and you tune out earlier because you're like, oh, here she goes. She's going to talk about me cutting that grass again. And then you tune them off. So um, from a relational standpoint, from there, I understood that I had to take the emotion out and just listen and be in that moment in when I'm just discussing something with my wife. And when you do that and you be in that present moment and you take your emotion out of it and just listen for the message. And that's what a lot of people go to school and they talk about critical thinking. Critical thinking is just that. You're listening before you're understanding. And I think uh, John Maxwell said it best, to seek first, to understand, then be understood. So what I was doing was I was listening to about 50% of what my wife was saying, and then if it didn't tune out too well, I would tune her out. And so one of the things that I found out in my core value is that I was doing that, so I adjusted that. It was hard. I'm not going to say it was something that was easy, because emotionally you'll want to snap back. You'll want to reply. You'll want to make a rebuttal. Some people just sit there and communicate with them uh, somewhat, just waiting to have that turn to speak. But when you understand that, then you can take the emotion out of it and listen to the message fully and then approach it from what she's trying to say and how you can help and resolve that situation. So that's one part of that transformation. That transformation is just basically how you seek to approach every situation from a relational standpoint of bringing that value from your aspect. And then lastly is application. Application is the conscious awareness of who you are, who you truly are in the relationship, and then how your values are perceived in your relationship that reflect the same attributes that you have or hold or that you use within that relationship. So it's, uh, I know it sounds like a mouthful, but basically, you know, it's just uh, creating your relationships around your growth as a person rather than um, you approaching a relationship from you trying to gain something from a relationship. When you're growing and you're creating and you're bringing value to a relationship, that's what makes it a more effective relationship in anyone's life, in your life, in your business life, in your personal life, and in your social settings. Absolutely. All right. 
So when how does one get to this IQ? I mean, do do you have a recommendation about how somebody figures out where they are in their relationships? I mean, is it is it something that they could take a test? Is there something online that that you recommend? I mean, you know, somebody's sitting around, they're looking around their lives, they're thinking they're doing okay, but they really want to go ahead and, and dig deep into this. Do you do this in your book? Um, they can do it through, through my book. It would help them. And, and it's not a famous plug to buy my book, although I would love for you to buy my book. But if you take their CBI assessment, um, and it's online. They usually have a video that pops up and it explains the the core values assessment that you have. Now, anyone that's on the call, I highly recommend you to take it. And then if you want to contact me and discuss it, I can explain or break it down for you so that you would understand truly how you are bringing that relationship into your life and then more importantly, how you're approaching each relationship that you're having. Because there are some things in every relationship that you're having, if you're not approaching it the right way, there's always something that's, that's coming up in every relationship that is key to what you're doing to either sabotage the relationship or something that you don't even know about. And so it's good for you to have that awareness first. Just having that awareness, taking that test, and understanding yourself. When you take that test, it's basically just some simple questions that you answer. It's not even questions. It's just it's some words that they put up on the the site that tells you which word is closely, mostly related to what you like or what you enjoy. And then you just click it, the 10 minute test, and it gives you a whole full printout of your good, your bad, and your ugly. There you go. Awesome. So there's Peter, no way. Really, well, Peter, I have a question for you. Yes, in, relation, in relationship to the core values, what what I might have found about myself is that my core values are a little bit like my operating system. If you want to figure out what Peter's going to do next, you probably figure out his core values. So I'm going to use an example relative to my relationship with my wife in, in regard to my core values as a business owner and as a sales guy when I was in sales was be I would always do and go the extra mile for the customer. So that usually meant... On the personal life side, I'd be home late for work or from work. I could even say to somebody, hey, listen, I have one more presentation to do, but my core values are conflicting my time management values because I might say, wait, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to make this sale, I'm going to install this person the right way, I'm going to make sure they're satisfied, I'll get some referrals, I'll do the right things with my customers because that's my core values in business. But unless my wife really understands my commitment to my core values in business, when I show up late, I start getting yelled at because I'm late again. And I was always known as the guy that couldn't figure out the clock. But it was actually, if you knew anything about me, it would be I was being true to my core values in the priority, which might have said that my priorities towards being on time wasn't the same as my priorities to the customer who was helping me to generate the income or doing the commitment that I already made. So what I've always learned, and this is like a question for you, have you found that um, learning someone else's core values helps explain what they'll do or what they'll do next? Yes, it does. It helps you understand them and how they're approaching the relationship. And then more importantly, uh, Peter, the one thing that I noticed from what you were saying, you said, hey, look, you know, I'm a person of service. I like to, you know, take care of everything. And then more importantly, you was like, okay, 
Um, sometimes I go over, overdo it with the service, and I end up being late for my wife. Now, um, based on what you said, the only thing that was lacking there was just simple communication. If you would have just, you know, either called your wife and said, hey, look, I'm going to be late, because she probably understands you. She probably knows who you are. I give it a tip. I'll put it on my cap. So when me and my wife got married, you know, and I, you know, I when I started doing the business, you know, my wife knew me a little bit more than I thought she knew. And so when I go out and I see a client and I say, honey, I'd be home, I'm going to be home around 8 o'clock. She said, no, you'll be home around 10 o'clock. And I said, no, I'm not. And I get so upset. I'm like, why did she say I'm going to be home at 10 o'clock? And lo and behold, guess what? I would come dragging in around 10 o'clock. <laughs> Sheepishly, you know, and I was like, how does she know? But she knew how the way I was, exactly like you. If I'm with the client, I'm going to make sure that they're taken care of and all their questions are answered, and I do lose track of time. So uh, how I adjusted to that was whenever I would get close to that point or that time when I needed to be home, I would call her and let her know, and then we, we set a healthy boundary of, how long would I be out there, and what would be the the drop dead point on where she would be upset with me if I wasn't back home in time? So once we did that, there was better there was a better understanding. We we, we dropped arguments. There wasn't, there wasn't less arguments. There wasn't less worry, and uh, the communi- communication was easier between us because she understood me, but more importantly, she helped me understand myself and who I was. So it does. It does both ways. So you take that core values assessment and you have your wife take it, and it shows you. Now, that core value assessment, again, uh, guys, and everybody out there on radio listening to us, it's not something where you're pointing out good and bad things. It's not that. There's two values that are very true to your nature. And if you want a situation, one core value will dominate the other. Now, in some situations, one core value may inhibit you from doing something that you're supposed to be doing on a regular basis. And that's probably the difference on anything uh, because everybody's core value is a pure value that you have for yourself. And you'll be able to see that when you take the test and go through it and explain to us thoroughly. But communication was that factor. And I have learned through me understanding my own core values how to communicate more effectively with my wife and to understand her before I would even open my mouth. <laughs> right. But understanding, if she didn't understand the core values of people like us, then yes. she would maybe misinterpret the feedback that she was getting that we didn't care about her. So That's correct. it's kind of like if you understand the other person's core values, you can maybe work with them better. And I'm not so sure, but I think it's probably almost around time for Alex to spin a commercial. So before we get started with something new, Alex, or Axel, rather, give it a whirl. (laughs) Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. 
To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And we are back with Ron Broussard and your relationship IQ. Where are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we discussed about the re- relationship IQ. Now, there's another Wait, factor. Wait, one second, guys. i got to let you know that I have big thunder going on, so if I suddenly disappear and you hear a big that's why. <laughs> okay, as long as you're not being hit. No, 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 no. I'm I'm definitely okay from that. Okay. So uh, we we discussed relationship IQ and how your relationship IQ and how your relationship will only grow as the knowledge that you have for yourself. And and another factor that's in there, if we was going to sit there and make some bullet statements and we put relationship IQs on the top, um, again, uh, it goes back to you, and I think I discussed it just a little bit before. I think I talked about communication, and I said, if you're emotionally tied to someone, you usually tune them out quicker. So that emotional IQ is another factor that determines your relationships, and then more importantly, how you approach a relationship with a chosen attitude. Because if you're not emotionally tied into yourself, meaning you're not confident or you're not secure about who you are as a person, and then more importantly, you're, you're afraid of approaching a relationship or, or you're afraid of getting into a relationship or in fear that you may be hurt or you maybe have some low self-esteem and you think that you're not worthy or you think that you don't need or you don't, that person that you have in your life doesn't deserve being part because they deserve more than your emotional IQ will affect you in having a bad relationship as well. Not really a bad relationship. I don't like to say bad. You'd have difficulty creating and maintaining the relationships that you currently have. And that's very important. Um, when you understand who you are, and I want to go back to Dawn, because Dawn, uh, I love what she said about how the way she approached the relationships. And it wasn't about what she said, because that was great. I love it. And, and anybody that approaches a relationship that way, but it was how she said it. It was the confidence that I heard in her voice and how the way she said she approached each relationship. And me and Dawn have been conversing online and offline, and she is that type of person. And you can feel that energy through her. You can feel the energy when you're talking with her. And more importantly, that confidence is infectious. So in a relationship, when you're finding out who you are as a person, one of the first things is how do you – Picture yourself, because we all picture ourselves differently. I'm a guy. Everybody knows that. I work out a lot. Probably people don't know that. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm always thinking that I'm lacking something. And if you've seen any bodybuilder or anybody that works out that way, they look at themselves through a different glass as compared to someone else looking at them. Someone else looking at me and say, man, you're huge. And I'm like, no, I still need to grow. I still need to lift. I still need to do this, because of how I perceive my own perception of how I think I look. And that same standpoint goes when you're approaching a relationship 
and you don't have that same self-esteem or you don't think that you're, you're valued. A great example that I can give you is I'm one of those type of people, if I see you, I'm going to tell you you look good. You know, um, if you're wearing something nice, I'm going to tell you you look nice. If you're wearing some nice shoes, I'm going to tell you you look good because I believe in giving the flowers. I call those the verbal flowers because you never know when somebody needs them. If you've ever received a verbal flower and before, after you've been given a verbal flower, uh, a comment uh, or appreciation, uh, a good comment or something, and you talk yourself down on that comment. Like they say, man, you look good today. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did this. This is different. This is different. I changed this up. Or, you know, I, I wish it would have been better. I was trying to do my hair one way or another. You're, you're, you're lowering your own self-esteem and your own emotional IQ to fit what you think or what you perceive in your own mind. And that exudes throughout your persona and your energy that you reflect when you're trying to attract those relationships that you want to have in life. And those things is just simply is just a declaration. An emotional IQ, how you stand and how you walk into a room or how you present yourself is just an emotional declaration of how you feel in your entire being and how you feel within your entire being. I hope I said that right. Did I say that right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So basically, when you're when you're at that emotional standpoint, when you're at that, when you feel like you're not worthy, look at yourself. Really, look at yourself and appreciate you for who you are. First of all, you're very unique. You're one of a kind. You know, God, your higher power, whoever you may believe in, has only created one of you, and you're unique in your own special way. So you're one of a kind. You're rare. You're a flower. And that's the way you should carry it in, carry yourself within life, and more importantly, how you you interact with others. Because that confidence, again, like I was saying, confidence is very attractive. It's going to attract those right people. It's going to attract those right situations. More importantly, it's going to attract those right opportunities that's going to help you try to achieve any type of thing that you want to accomplish in life, including those relationships that you want to have to help you bring more abundance into your life. But until you're confident, about your own self or your self-esteem, and you can never grow and enhance those relationships that you have and actually get self-defeat the things that you're trying to do with those relationships that you want to have in life. You know, you can take uh, three people and put them in the same room. They could be on a plan for the same job, dressed the same way, and the only thing that's going to matter is their attitude their emotional IQ, and how the way they're going to approach that. And you always can tell. You always know. And that person may not have the education that you have. That person may have a lower education that you have. But that energy that he exudes from that confidence that he has, his emotional IQ is peaked. He's going in there and approaching it like, this is mine. I'm claiming it, and no one's going to stand in my way. So, you know, understanding where your emotional IQ is with you is very important. Now, in relationship to that, when you when you say that you know three people sit in the same room looking almost exactly the, you know the same, how is it that another human being kind of can feel that from one out of those three people if it's the one out of those three? It's just something that it feels like you just like we all have this innate nature 
I've been able to kind of recognize that. Like, so for instance, if Dawn is sitting in a room, people would be gravitating towards her. She didn't have to say anything. It's just that somehow she might gravitate towards them. Or if she does an event, like, for instance, she could be a participant of the event, and all of a sudden she might as well have the microphone by the time she's done because lots of people might be coming to help, to be able to help. And it just seems like some people just, they exude, if you will, that, and they don't even have to say it. They don't have to do it. It's just like this energy or the spirit that kind of comes out. So I think that's it's, developed over time. How does that work? Well, it is developed over time. It, it's developed over them believing in themselves and then having that faith that they can and can and will and are able to accomplish anything in their life. Um, man, you know, you got to look back and – and I like to look back. You know, it all starts from your your upbringing and how your parents had taught you. Um, you know, the things that I remember from my dad, he was always he was always the straightforward guy. So he was always always look somebody in the eye, have a firm handshake. You know, and my mom was from that coach. She came from the persona of love. That you know, everyone you know, it, you know, you, you love a certain degree about everyone. I used to get into arguments and fights and come home with black eyes and stuff. My mom used to always ask me. How did the other person feel when you said that to him? And I was like, Ma, I want you to hug me. I don't want to talk about this. But she used to always make me understand it from another aspect. Now, I bring that full circle to, to make you understand. They helped me build that confidence. They helped me build that type of emotional IQ. And I tell everybody, I'm sensitive. And... You know, some people say I wear my emotions on my sleeve, and some people say it's a good thing, and some people say it's a bad thing. I think it's a, a great thing because people know how I am and who I am. And I'm exactly like Dawn. I can go anywhere, and I know for a fact that I'm going to be the life of the party. It's just a get it. It's going to happen. <laughs> Everything's going to migrate my way. It's going to be a party over here. It's going to happen, you know. And, but that's my attitude towards it, and my attitude that just came from, me, my mom, my dad, always instilling that that you are the best. Not putting not putting anyone else down, but instilling that you are unique. You are best. You are perfect in your own way and no one can take that away from you. And so when that happens, you do. And it you know, a lot of people, you know, throughout life and they may have had it, their mom and dad tell them that. And they went to college. And then they had other people doubt them, and then they start to doubt themselves. They always have that self-doubt. And it's always usually some situation or something that has happened to make them have that self-doubt. That self-doubt comes in, and when that self-doubt comes in, that's when that insecurity comes in. And some people are just generally that way. They're kind of shy and, and insecure that way until they get to know someone, and then they open up, and then they're a totally different person. But like you were saying about Donna, she's probably that type of person where you put her in a situation where she's sitting beside a person like that, and she would open them up. And they would be like, man, she's never talked to us like that before. Why is she talking to them? You know, uh, a good example I can give you, I was I had lunch with, a, with, with one of my friends at a California pizza. And we sat in there, and we ordered. She came in there early. She ordered, and I came in there later. So we ordered a plate of some uh, appetizers. And so when I sat down, you know, the the waiter comes over, and we're talking, and 
automatically she's really engaged. She's really engaged. She's talking. We're having a great time. And so I wanted to order the same appetizer she had. But I was like, I like variety. <laughs> so I was like, I want to eat all of those. I don't want to just have one flavor. I want to eat all of them. She said, well, you know you can have each one. I'll set it up for you. I'll make sure you get this. And so she walked away. The lady that was sitting there, my friend, her mouth just dropped. She was like, she didn't even mention that to me. She didn't even say she could do that. How did that happen? And it just happened because, number one, first of all, you're confident, you're engaging, you know what you want, and you just ask. And that just comes from you knowing yourself. Again, it goes back to you knowing yourself, and then you having that respect for yourself as a person, your emotional IQ, telling yourself that you love yourself or that you appreciate yourself. So, one example that I can give you to increase that IQ is to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you're loved and you're appreciated. You know, I love you. Well, I love you to death. You are awesome. I do that. You're amazing. I don't want to say it. But that's the way you can build that IQ up and say little things like that because who, no one else is going to be able to say those things to you but you. And until you start exuding that confidence that you have within your life, then you'll be able to see that because from what you are learning from internally is going to be reflected externally outward, and people are going to feed into that. Just like you said, you can be in a room and someone will pick it up. They always pick it up. They always vibe to that because they can feel that. They can sense that. You have to understand, the subconscious, your mind and your spirit only picks up positive things. It senses and stays away from that negative stuff. And so you notice it when, if you've ever worked at a store or you've worked somewhere and somebody came into work and they was angry, you could sense that and you stay away from that. And the same thing happens if a person comes to your store or wherever you're working at and you're engaged and you're happy about something. People come to you. They migrate to something that's positive. So you definitely want to make sure that your emotional IQ is high and you have that confidence by giving yourself that self-love so you can be appreciated, not only for yourself, but for others to appreciate you as well. Good stuff. I have an off-the-wall question. Ready? Uh-oh. Here off-the-wall we go. question a little bit. How much, no, I'm not a good enough. No. <laughs> no <laughs> How much of what you're referencing as far as self-image concept and all that sort of stuff has to do with birth order in a family? If you've never thought it about before, you might have to think about it. But if you rethink about it, how much of it has to do with where they are in the pecking order of the family of children they're in? Wow. That's a good question. I like it. And and I'm going to start from the standpoint of just the family period. Uh, when I traveled out on the road and when my girls started getting older and um, I'd come home from a trip from a speaking engagement or whatever it may be, and I'd come in the door, and the first person that would meet me at the door would be my girls. It would be Nina. She'd give me a hug, and then Sai would come right behind her, and then my wife would come. And so I'm telling you this as an example because as it started translating, as it started going on, I had... Unbeknownst to me, it created a different hierarchy in my in my family. So my girls 
felt that they was on a different hierarchy. Like if they thought it was me, my girl, and then my wife. So I had to change that because when I come home, my wife would say, my daughters were acting upset, they were being disrespectful, they wasn't paying attention to her. But then when I come home, my girls were, Lucy Lady, they were straight. So the one thing that I did to change that was when, they came, when I came home, before they would try to give me a hug, I'd be like, hold on, girl, let me approach mommy first. Let me hug mommy first. So that way when I did that, I reestablished the hierarchy in the family. Now, from a relational standpoint, and I know it's a pecking order. Is that what you uh, is that what you're talking about, Peter? Kind of, kind of like that because I think firstborns many times um, have a little bit different confidence level to maybe somebody that's the second or third or the fourth down the line. So firstborns True. many times are the leaders, and they don't have as much problems or whatever issues with confidence. But second or third, sometimes they take a step backwards. It's almost like you mentioned the pecking order. But why don't we answer that on the next uh, on the next segment? We're going to come back to that. Axel's going to spin some records. So Axel, spin away. Are you in a run about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And welcome back to The Dash. And we have Peter Mingles, myself, and Ron Broussard. And this is our last segment on the relationship IQ. And, Peter, you, you're asking some really amazing questions right now. And I, I, you were on a train, so I don't want to go ahead and derail it. Sure. Well, let's, see, let's use this example. Let's say, for instance, I was the oldest in my family. So there were certain things that I did as the older one, and maybe my brother or my sister might take a subordinate role. Well, when they're out on their own, if they don't change that mindset, they'll be used to a subordinate role, which means they might let somebody else ask the first question. They might not necessarily be the leader. They might forever be in a subordinate role, and that has something to do with self-image and self-concept and also just natural pecking order that we might put ourselves in as a result of maybe just the way we grew up. So I know many times, like if you ask, if you find the leaders and you say, by uh, coincidence only, how many of you guys are where in the pecking order of your family? An overwhelming number of the leaders I have found, the natural leaders, will be firstborns. And then you find the good servants and you'll find where were you in the pecking order and they were saying second, third, or fourth. So if you want to be a leader and you're the second born in your family, you've got to watch out because there might be some conditioning that you never even thought about just because this is the way you kind of did it when you were younger. So when you're coaching, you know, and, you know, Ron, you have that stretch program. I was wondering if you ever thought about, or if this might be just a, like a concept of Peter, you know, I never thought about that. But where is pecking order relationship to things that people have to work on 
relatively relative to stretching themselves and pushing and convincing themselves and building up their self image and their self confidence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, um the one thing and I'm just gonna use myself, I love using myself for an example. I'm a third born. So I have two so I have two sisters above me and I have two sisters below me. Now I'm not gonna go into the history of how I used to get beat down when I was growing up, so it's a long it's a long it's a long, uh, painful type of therapy that I had to go through to clear that out. I'm just kidding, guys. But, uh, you know, I have two sisters, one above me, one below me. I'm in the middle. And my oldest sister, you know, growing up, she was that parent-child in the relationship. And as we progressed and gotten older, then I took a more... Uh, Older, I took a more firstborn role as a firstborn son as opposed to my sister being firstborn. Now, I tell you this to say that how it affects you in life as you're growing depends on how your parents approach that relationship or that pecking order, if you want to say. My dad and my mom always treated us equally. You know, uh, in our house it was a democracy, and I hated it because there were four girls, and it was just me, and they would always win. Um, but they allowed us to be creative, and they allowed us to grow in our own unique ways. And if that happens, then, again, that confidence would be there in that pecking order for that second-born or that third-born. Now, I'm going to fast-forward it to my own life to my own kids. I have two girls. And my oldest girl, Nina, you know, she's the first born. We do give her that attention. And Daria gets the same amount of attention that she does, if not more. The reason why we do that is because we don't want her to be slighted and to think that she's denied something because she is the second born. And you have to approach it that way. Now, from another standpoint, you have to understand this. Each kid that you have, they lose attention about 50%. So if you have three kids, the middle kid usually loses 50% of that attention. If you have four kids, those two kids, that one kid in the middle is going to get half of that 50%. So it's going to get 45 So it goes down. And so when you understand that and how you're only able to give so much attention to one child, you have to make sure that you're able to give attention to each child as it's needed as opposed to I'm going to make my time out and I'm going to spend time on each one of them. A great example is, uh, a great example I can give you is this, is that whenever I come off the road, I always do a daughter-daddy date. I don't do a daughter-daddy date together. I make my daughters pick their days. I, I go to each one of them and I address them and I say, Nina, when do you want to have a daughter-daddy date? And so she'll say, I want to have it on a Wednesday. And my, my little one, she's smarter. She likes to have it on a Friday because she knows Daddy likes to spend money on Fridays. So um, I make sure I give them that individual attention. And then at the same token, I take my wife out, and we do something together. So I make sure that I maintain those healthy boundaries, and I think that's what I'm saying, those healthy boundaries within the relationship so that you can still have that pecking order, 
but you're giving them that, that values and you're giving them that love and you're giving them that emotion that they need in order for them to grow and be more effective and more importantly so that they can have some great relationships in their life. Great answers. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. So it's, it's a task. It's a task. Uh, you know, it's a task doing that. And, you know, uh, I think that's the reason why in society we went down from having those large families. I remember my dad, uh, you know, my dad and my mom. My mom had like six or seven brothers. And and um, one of my friends, uh, his mom and dad had like 14 brothers and sisters. And it's just translated down to where, you know, you're only having a few uh, kids, but if you learn and understand, first of all, you already know the pecking order, but understand and just give that unconditional love to each one and create those boundaries to where everyone is respecting everyone in that pecking order, and then more importantly, you giving that love and appreciating them in those present moments, you'll make some great relationships with them, and then they in turn will be able to have that confidence so that they can be able to endure in their lives, in their business relationships in life as well. Excellent. Well, I had always realized that when I was working with different people, by me kind of establishing where they were in their family life, it could also help me explain why they might do different things. So the guy that might be that middle child, you know, the the older one's got the special attention, the newest one's got the special attention, and the ones in the middle kind of like they didn't have time for the special attention, maybe that one wasn't aspiring to be that leader, or maybe this was the first time that he actually had a chance or she actually had a chance to become that leader. So it's just something, again, I kind of learned about their values, their relationships and stuff like that. I wanted to see if you had more or less experienced uh, some of the same things. Okay. Yeah, I have learned, I have learned that about, like, the, actually the ones that don't have, they're, they're single child. They don't, they don't have no siblings. The ones that don't have any siblings are more, uh, strongly rooted, they have a lot more uh, barriers to break through because they've always had their way. And that's probably the most that I've noticed. Some of the ones that I've had, like I've talked to older clients that I've had, they've usually had a, a multiple uh, brothers and sisters, and so uh, they were easy to work with. They just haven't had that time to understand themselves. And that's the main thing. Um when they have that many brothers and sisters, they never had that time to really find out who they were. And when they were given that opportunity through my Stretch Yourself program, it makes them realize who they are, and it just opens them up to a whole other different world. So, and it, might have been the, and it might have been the first time they were ever able to stretch themselves. True, true. Wow, I like the way you put that. Yes. Because <laughs> they were conditioned, if you will, to fit within whatever family or social unit. And now finally true. they find someone like you who can push and stretch and mold and really you start to develop their true potential because no one ever did that with them before. What, what I found is that if they find someone like you who can push and mold and stretch and, and kind of challenge and still care and nurture and do all those things the right way, you really can help them develop their full potential that they had no clue, which kind of leads us back to the idea of, if somebody was looking for someone like you to be able to, you know, I really like this gentleman. He seems honest and sincere and a hard worker and sharp and all that stuff, the kind of person I'd be gravitated to, how would they find out more about you and the stuff that you sell? Uh, they can go to my website at stretchyourself.org, or they can go to ronbroussard.com, 
Um, I'm out there socially, guys. You can go out to Facebook and just type in Stretch Yourself. Uh, Twitter is my name, Ron Broussard, Jr., um, and you can find me out there. Connect with me. I do respond. I love to respond socially, so don't be afraid. If you have any questions, definitely. But the more importantly, go to my website. Uh, go to my website. There's a lot of downloads that are free that you can download, a lot of audios that I put out there to help other people stretch their relationship capital within their life. So uh, go to stretchyourself.org. You're going to go to the section where it says free 99. The section is free 99, and anything in there you can download, PDFs and things like that to help you stretch your relationship capital. Perfect. If, if Don is involved, so, huh? Don, are you okay? Are you okay, Don? Oh, are you yeah, okay? that's fabulous. I was just saying, you're just awesome. Every time you come on here, I always walk away with good stuff, and I just really appreciate the work that you do and your enthusiasm for it, and uh, and just it's it's really good stuff. I'm just really grateful we bumped into each other, kind sir. I'm enjoying our relationship, Don and Peter, and I totally look forward to more things to come. I'm just so excited. Absolutely, and I will be Skyping you. There is so much so much to talk about, so make sure you sign on at some point in poker. I, I know. we got to Skype. I mean, I, I'm, I'm learning about <laughs> Skype. Hey, guys, I'm learning about Skype. Can you believe that? I Facebook chat, but I don't know enough about Skype. Because you you are so, so larger than life that I know you need to be video. So we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. We certainly do. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for coming again, and Peter, it's just awesome that you're here every day. I got to tell you, you know, Ron, there's nothing like having a partner who is there to pick you up when you're feeling a little tired or you're trapped at the doctor's office and you're late for your show. Having a partner is um, is, is is an amazing thing. Peter's the best partner in the whole world. Thank you. Peter rocks. He stretches mm-hmm. me. I love his questions. I love his questions. Absolutely. He makes every show a, pa- a positive one, and he's one of the best sales trainers on the planet, so it's it's good to work with him. And for those of you who aren't paying attention when we play the commercial, get on over to networkleads.com and make sure that you register for a free LMS system and, and show Peter some love. He's got some of the best sales training in the world on that website. And, Ron, you should send everybody you know over there if they're in, in direct sales of any kind. He's a crazy man. Oh, definitely. I already know some people in the direction. I'm definitely going to have to refer them to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm out of my commercials for the evening. I'm going to be on Cowboy Wisdom's blog talk radio show tonight. I have no idea. He told me to come and talk to him about this. I. It sounds like interesting stuff. The guy is all about NLP. He's neuro-linguistic programming, and he's developed something called NLI, and it's really, really interesting, and I saw this really cool poem that he had on LinkedIn, and so I don't know all the details, but I can tell you that it's on um, Cowboy Wisdom is what it's called, so you can go and you can check it out, and I'll go ahead and I'll post the link on uh, on my Facebook for anybody who wants to be there. That's it. I have nothing else to say. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful evening. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Happy, Mother's, Happy Day. Mother's Day. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404 
And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.